for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings shall be not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 271 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Here we are, recording on a Wednesday, five days post Star Wars Squadron's release. You can bet your bottom dollar that that's what we'll be talking about tonight, <laughs> along with a couple other things. Um, buddy, I've been getting some Squadron's time in my friend have you really yeah i mean you know during the week it's kind of hard like i um so i have to like squeeze in a match or two here and there like just before we started recording i got maybe two or three maybe three or four matches in nice Um, and then Um, you know just finding time when i can to to play a little more I do the same. Like both kids have to be quiet and down for me to do mm-hmm. it. So like I I get maybe thirty minute chunks here and there, and uh, playing with you has been the only times I've played online. I'm I'm pretty much trudging through the story. Yeah. When I get those those brief moments. Yeah, we uh we got to play a little last Friday, like right after we recorded, pretty yeah. much. You got in yeah. some then, and then on Saturday it was good to play with you. I know, like Steve and it was Jeff. Cool. And old Spoopy Nick, we're excited to see you as well. Yeah, yeah, it was great to see those guys. I don't have seen them since Destiny. That's been that's been my COVID crew since lockdowns and stuff nice. started. Like right as you know, quarantine started. Um, we got started on Final Fantasy fourteen and played that for a couple of months, and then moved to Street Fighter Five for a little bit, and then Dead by Daylight. And now, hopefully, Squadron sticks around for a little bit. Man, it's quite the fighter. <laughs> it is. I'm we'll, getting the hang of switching power and stuff. Yeah, we'll we'll get into our thoughts on it uh, a little more in depth and here in just a second. But before we dive into that, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. That's where you send in your emails in your voice messages. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram 
at Blue Harvest Pod. I've been streaming some uh, squadrons. Had a pretty nice little crew Saturday afternoon that came by for the stream. That nice. was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, check that out. It's twitch.tv slash Blue Harvest Pod. <clears throat> and we have a Patreon. If you enjoy our show so much that you'd like to support us for as little as $3 a month, you'll get access to the exclusive RSS feed where we post all of our bonus podcasts. Podcasts like Oh No, It's Hall Solo, Cooking with Will, Blue Harvest Adventures, Star Wars Year by Podcast. We got a new episode of that coming up soon. And in fact, this Saturday, Steel will be doing a live premiere on his YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Wars. <clears throat> so check that out if you're interested. Um, and if you're interested in joining up uh, with the Patreon, patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast and a big shout out to all our patrons oh speaking of shout outs and patrons and people that have helped out with the patreon a uh, big shout out to our buddy sean hoffman it's his birthday today well the day that this will be released so two days from when we're recording it so happy birthday sean happy birthday hope you have a good one buddy <clears throat> so how has um How's your week been? How's your five days been, rather, since uh, um, we last recorded? They all seem to run together, mm-hmm. taking care of an infant and a toddler while the wife's away at work for like 14 hours a day. It's uh, it's just like, I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's like being in the hyperbaric time chamber <laughs> to where sometimes you come out and you'll get sunlight, and you're like, oh, the world still goes on outside. Mm-hmm. Like, feels like you're in a bunker or something. Yeah, dude, I uh, I hear you on the days running together. It seems like if it's not a Saturday or a Sunday or a Friday evening, right, that it is just another day that I am typing for work right. or driving for work, you know? And especially with the, the Wii one, my sleep isn't necessarily constant you right. know what i mean like i like guerrilla war you know hit and run tactic sleep like sleep for little bits when you can so it really makes your days and nights kind of blur yeah in this weird you know just you know collage of days or weeks yeah i i i mean obviously it's not at the same level as you but i've been having a little bit of that like so at the beginning of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I go to offices. I go to courthouses for work, right? Right. And because of the new COVID rules and how they handle appointments, I get up typically between 5.30 and 6 um, on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. That's actually why I couldn't play with you um, Sunday night was because I had to get up at 5.30 the next morning. Right. <clears throat> I was already in bed when you hit me up. Um, so what I'll typically do is I'll get up. I'll drive and do my workout, come back home. Well, there's typically a gap in between me getting home and more work being ready for me to do. So I'll catch a quick nap. So like I will be all out of it. Like I'll wake up thinking it's Tuesday and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all over the place. Um, <clears throat> but when I'm not working, when I'm not recording with my buddy Will here, what have I been doing? I've been playing Star Wars Squadrons, which I gotta say is a whole lot of fucking fun, man. 
Dude, it really is. And the more I play, the more fun it is. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds crazy, but I feel like I get better at it and more comfortable with it. Well, I mean, isn't that the way with just about any game, especially sort of like, you know, a multiplayer yeah, there are specific game. ones that take a feel, mm-hmm. and I feel like this is one like Assassin. I don't remember Assassin's Creed. There was a multiplayer, and it was very specific. Like you yes. had to really like Assassin's Creed, and you had to slowly take your time mm-hmm. and feel out the other players and feel out the system. And that's what I. That's it's what it reminds me of. Like I'm feeling out the AI. I'm feeling out the systems and how to use them and how to fight other people and you know just figuring out dog fighting it's a lot of immersion i mean it's super cool yeah and and it's that, it's that in depth that i can there is like you know we we've been saying it since this game was released that you know people shouldn't expect the glut of content that you know ended up being available in something like battlefront 2 for a 40 dollar game you know it's just natural that you're not going to have you know a fully like super long campaign although i'll say we'll talk about the campaign in a little bit like i think the campaign is perfectly linked like if it went on too long i don't know how enjoyable that would be i'm maybe two missions away from finishing the campaign and it hasn't started to wear out its welcome you know what i mean but I feel like if it went on too crazy long, I'd be like, all right, let's get this over with, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. It's not, once you start repeating the same stuff over and over, you're ready for it to end. Right. Now, I do have some questions as far as online play goes and, and like how long I'll stick with it and like sort of the longevity of the community. I'll say like from first impressions, though, like even the most basic mode dogfight. Like, I constantly find myself being like, all right, let's do one more. Oh, okay. Like, like, maybe a couple more after this one. Right. You know, like, it's still pretty addictive. Um, And a lot of that has to do with uh, trying to figure out loadouts for all my different ships. I help that. I think that helps keep me invested. Um, Because that is such a huge part of it. Like, when we were playing Saturday, I was struggling i couldn't put anything together you know barely getting any uh kills just couldn't couldn't make any moves right and then sunday you know i i unlocked some uh, some other equipment and played around with my loadouts a bit and got to a place that i really enjoyed uh and now i feel like i'm doing a lot better so i i feel like if you know anyone listening to this hasn't quite got hasn't quite gotten the hang of it yet like to me, the kind of the key, at least in dogfight, um, is figuring out your loadout and what works for you. You know, right? So experiment with that stuff, and uh, I think you know once you give that some time, you'll um, you'll figure something out, and you'll have a lot more fun with it. In some games, I worry about you know getting steamrolled by people who have unlocked all the good stuff because they play way too much. You know, right mm-hmm. at the beginning. Um, that hasn't happened. And I feel like that's a testament to maybe the balance of, of the loadouts and how they, you know, from, if you gain something, you lose something somewhere Mm -hmm. else. Right. Right. So it's, it seems balanced like to Mm -hmm. where 
you know, the one guy didn't get the level four blasters in the first week, and I just get steamrolled by him every every time I play. Right, because uh, the blasters, for instance, are so varied. Right. That it's more about adapting to your play style than right. using the exact same super-powered loadout as everybody and else. And you, as a pilot, knowing how to use the power you've selected. Right. You know, appropriately. Yeah. And you know, I'll say, you know, I'm... I'm currently sitting at like around level 15 and I have yet to encounter one specific component that gets me every time that seems overpowered, you know, like, uh, in first person shooters and stuff that are loadout based and have perks and stuff like, <clears throat> especially early on in the life of the game, yeah. you know, people will find out the, the, the ultra fucking Uber, build the out yeah, yeah. yeah and they'll use that and it's, everybody uses just that and it takes a while for everybody to figure out how to counter that or you know a patch has to come through to balance things right um i haven't run into that yet there are you know certain ship types depending on what I, what kind of ship i'm playing or certain you know components that i have more trouble with but i'd never feel like well i should just give up you know like oh it's a team full of a wings i should just the, this this round is a wash, you know? Right. Like, I haven't run into that yet, which is nice. <clears throat> I will say, um, and this is something maybe we should do uh, this weekend or Friday or whatever, whenever you can play with us next, if we can get the whole crew together. I really want to sit down. The one thing I haven't done yet is sit down and take a good crack at fleet battle. What's so frustrating is that when we played Saturday night, we almost had it. Like yeah. we were maybe, you know, just a fraction away from completing the mission. Yeah. And and you know, we were we were playing against AI, which I think is a testament to the the AI setup they have going on in this game that it was that competitive, you know? Right. Um and I feel like we should stick with that for a few more rounds until we get the hang of it. But having played the campaign and, you know, there's a few missions that basically feel like story fleet battle missions. And I feel like after playing those, I have a little bit better of a grasp on sort of the order you should do things in. Yeah, and that's how to exactly approach right. things. So the story is teaching me how to play. Yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like we would do, you know, a little better this time. Because, you know, dogfight is a lot of fun. And it has been sustaining yeah. my play through the last week or so. But I also feel like the real longevity of this game is going to be if we can get good at fleet battle, right? Like that's yeah. where it's really going to kick in. Dogfight is like just one aspect mm -hmm. of fleet battle. And that's like, you know, in, in the fleet battle, you have to have certain people that are keeping the other fighters off. But then you have to have a concerted, you know, uh, what is it? <coughs> class ship killer you know you have to have people that are making runs on the yeah and, the big ship and the fact that you can dock with your capital ship and change your ship yeah like i think that'll be key too depending on what wave of the fleet battle we're in like maybe we should be more concentrated on fighters and you know sort of like quick ships in the first when we're doing the dogfight phase right and then when it moves to the uh capital ship phase then like Probably a couple of us need to switch to bombers. We probably need a solid support ship in there to resupply and shield the bombers and stuff. 
Yeah. And if we can get the flow of that and the communication down, I think we'll be fine. Uh, I'll have to, I will say, the couple of times that I've played as the support ships, the U Wing or the TIE Reaper, uh, I found it pretty fun. And I, it's not one that I would have, going into this game, that I would have expected that, you know? Right. <laughs> and I've been in a couple of dogfight matches where we had killer support ships. Like, whoever was playing was just on their support game and it made a huge difference in the battle if you have someone that can constantly re-up your missiles and your countermeasures and repair your hole or drop that shield on you dude it's it's pretty lethal yeah it's like uh it's <coughs> like one be able to play one of those games with good medic yes you know or, sometimes or, um, medic people just run off to the battle mm-hmm. one of those battlefront games and then other times you got the medics that are on it. They they found where the, you know where the front line is, and they are running back and forth, healing folks, dropping bandages or whatever. Yeah, man, and like, um, or or it's like having a good healer in an MMO game, right? Like when you're running a dungeon or a raid, like it's it's just it's beautiful. So, you know, on the rebellion side. I've got my X-Wing loadout and my X-Wing placed out down pretty well. I think my next ship on the Rebellion side that I'll focus on will probably be U-Wing. That way, if we need, nice. like, try to get really good at it. That way, if we need a support ship, then maybe I can fill that role. Yeah. <clears throat> and then on the Empire side, I have a killer TIE bomber set up. And once again, one of those things I wouldn't have expected because... Traditionally, in Star Wars flight games, the bombers are not my favorites. The Y-Wing and the TIE Bomber. Right. You know, I really love the Y-Wing for some reason. <clears throat> so, you know, maybe I'll uh, also work on my TIE Reaper setup and see if I can't get that going That's as well. Um, so you said you've been moving along in the campaign. Like I said, I think I'm I have. somewhere between Mission 10 and 12. I think I have two left and there's 14 missions. Oh, nice. um, what do you think so far? How far are you? Um, I have stolen the Star Destroyer and taken it to... I'm laying... The Rebels have laid a trap Okay. for the... Titan Squadron and... Titan Squadron Lady. Yeah. yeah with yeah. the Starhawk. Dude, that Starhawk is so fucking Super cool. cool. I want to see one of those in a movie, man. Like... The design is cool. the The way it operates, it's just. Fucking you feel cool. like the rebels are like ragtag, whatever frigates and big ships you got, you know, in in the original Star Wars. Like you never really see, <coughs> like big Republican Republic ships, mm-hmm. you know, the, in the modern era because it's a rebellion, it's a ragtag insurrection. But uh, to think that they built, you know, a really the New Republic built the Starhawk. That has a giant fucking um, tractor beam on the front, yeah. dude. It's so cool. Like I cool. love the design of that ship, man. Um, speaking of the Starhawk, like if I'm not mistaken, that was a. I think that's a ship that was originally introduced in the aftermath novels. I might be wrong about that, but it's it's a, you know. Uh, it's it's an element of Star Wars. There was Wars. the mention of Thrawn yeah. in the dialogue. That's what I was getting to. The campaign. Oh my bad. No, 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 well, not necessarily Thrawn in general, but the campaign in general. 
has a lot of really cool references to the Star Wars canon and not just movies, but books and animated series. Like, you know, there's um, a pilot on the Imperial side um, who is related to uh, Baron Von Reg or whatever from Resistance, the guy in the red TIE fighter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they specifically call out Thrawn, um, at the point you are in the campaign, you've met Wedge and Hera, like, and Hera, yeah, they, and, and that is just sort of the beginning of it. Like just in little bits of dialogue, you know, there was even a, a reference to Iden Versio and, um, one of the characters, characters from the alphabet squadron books. So that's, that's what I like to see in star Wars is like, you know, we talk about it sometimes like how, you know, the animated series and the books and stuff feel so separated from the live action Star Wars stuff. Mm -hmm. So like while I wasn't a huge fan of the execution of Thrawn, uh, not Thrawn, Maul being at the end of Solo, I liked it because it acknowledged the animated series and it made it feel like a cohesive universe. Right. And the biggest compliment I can give the campaign, besides the fact that it's really fun, but from like a story standpoint, is that it does exactly that. It ties in a lot of cool canon elements. And, and you know, not in huge ways necessarily, but they at least reference it and acknowledge that, you know, these things are going on in the universe uh, as a whole. <clears throat> Um, it makes you feel immer uh, I say immersed gives the gives the world a connected sense yeah man and that's all what, the cannons yeah I love that and um, you know I just I hope that that's more of a thing going forward like I don't ever want it to be where say like our parents couldn't watch the new Star Wars movie because it's so full of book and animated series references that they couldn't understand it yeah, I don't think the movies will ever be like that. But little things here and there that uh, that would, you know, for people that are hardcore, would, you know, like make them perk their ears up and be like, oh, shit, they just mentioned this or that. Like, I love that kind of shit, man. I think that is so cool. Um, yeah. I will say, you know, I know they sort of said that the game that they were shipping is the game they plan to make. So as of right now, they had no plans for you know any dlc or expansions i hope that doesn't end up being the case because if they could come up with you know even just one more really cool multiplayer mode or yeah. two more multiplayer modes or add some extra uh cosmetic stuff and customization stuff like i i think it would just keep me coming back um longer you know look at battlefront too you know, we would put that game down for months at a time and then they'd have a big content update or and a couple of content and we'd be right back in for a good chunk of time. <laughs> so I'd like to see them do that with squadrons. Um, I would love for them to figure out a way to work the B-Wing in. Like, all right. It, why, of all we've had, you know, like my favorite ship, they... Are they just teasing, or is it just not the right time, or is it hard to animate? Like, why? I don't know, man. Why is my B-Wing getting the... 
the 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 bench. I don't know. I I don't quite understand it either because it's such a cool ship. It's made plenty of appearances in other Star Wars video games. There was a dedicated B-wing expansion for the original X-wing game. Um, you know, I, with this game, you know, with it being a squadron of five, like maybe they just couldn't figure out where to work B-wing in uh, uh, as an element of that squadron of five like because you've right. got sort of your like on the rebel side you've sort of got your all-around ship your x-wing you've got your fast nimble ship your a-wing you got your slow bomber your y-wing and your support ship but that's wait x-wing y-wing a-wing yeah that's four ships and there's five so yeah i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about <clears throat> yeah other than maybe they just couldn't figure out a a good role for the B-Wing. And it's weird because, yeah. you know, no B-Wings in Battlefront either. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, and, like, I just assumed they would be like an A-Wing. That they would be fast and agile. But, I mean, they don't necessarily have to be fast, but you would think they would be agile. Yeah, you or know. Their uh, maneuverability would be up there. Yeah, I think you could figure out. Because... You know, there was that really cool episode in Rebels where Hera um, sort of test pilots the B-Wing. I don't know if you remember that. Like, Yeah. I think they could figure out a way to do something really cool. And then, you know, I guess the big question would be, well, what ship do you add on the Empire side? Because you wouldn't want to just add one to the Rebellion side or the New Republic side. Um, right. Uh... And well, added so many different ones. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <clears throat> you could add the B wing, and then on the Imperial side, you could add, um, you know, I think the easiest pull would be the Tie Advance, like Vader's Tie Fighter. Yeah, yeah. Or what's the the Defender? With that's the what I was gonna say. The Tie Defender, like, I think that would be a better uh, complement to the B wing. You know, add the Tie Defender from Rebels and shit. That would be really cool. <coughs> I just um, I think they're you know th that would be my one thing I'd like to see I'd like to see them add some stuff to this game so it keeps us coming back um, but it's, I know that balance is their big issue right, right. Like I know that, that. right. you don't want to introduce the game lives and dies yeah you don't want to introduce an element to the game that would throw off the balance that's for sure um, and you know like I said for a $40 game it's hard to complain because you get a seven to eight hour campaign, which is honestly longer than I thought it was going to be. And two multiplayer modes. And, you know, with the most simple of them, I keep wanting to go back and play more matches. So I imagine if, like I was saying earlier, if we can get fleet battle down, I think we'll really, you know, get into it then. Cause in the campaign, and in the fleet battles versus the AI, when you take out one of those mid-sized ships or start damaging the capital ships, it is cool, man. It is cool. It is cool. Like, uh, you know in Revenge of the Sith, in the big um, battle of Coruscant at the beginning, when you see them attacking the capital ships and, like, the whole plating will be, like, all busted up and torn off and you see, like, the flame inside the hull 
like it's sort of burning from the inside out. Absolutely. That's what they do with the capital ships in fleet battle and stuff. And it looks amazing. They nailed it. Like it's a beautiful game. There's no doubt about that. <clears throat> and if, if this is the sort of upward trend that EA is going to be on with star Wars video games, then I'm fucking down, man. Like, yeah, it seems like, since the initial launch of Battlefront 2 that they fucked up pretty badly things have been looking up ever since like they got Battlefront 2 in an excellent place to where it is a really good Star Wars game it took them a while but damn right. did it not end up working out well where it was really fun and had a lot of features and they took out all the microtransaction stuff uh, and then Jedi Fallen Order was excellent. And now this, like, that is, that's all I want. At the end of the day, I'm not a huge fan of EA having the exclusive rights to Star Wars video games. Right. But what I really care about is the quality of them. And if this is the quality we're going to get, then I'm fine. That's all I want, you know? That's true. As long as they do a good job, I won't be upset. It's when yeah. they start fucking up that I start getting upset. Yeah, man, and if they can keep this momentum going, like, the only thing I need from them, you know, uh, a really kick-ass uh, sequel to Jedi Fallen Order, you know, I'm not too worried about that. I think Respawn's a great company. <clears throat> I love the first um, game a whole lot, and I feel like there's plenty of room for them to improve and iterate on that design. Like, I, I've got a good feeling about the next game in that series. But come on, guys. Open world Star Wars RPG. Make that happen. <laughs> Make it really good. And I'm I'm done, man. You've you've sort of hit my my Star Wars needs with that. You know, I got a, you know, the uh, almost the ultimate Star Wars fantasy fulfillment game in Battlefront 2. This is after all the updates where I can take place uh, take part in huge ground battles there's a space combat element if i want to play super overpowered heroes i can do that too you know if i want to play as an ewok hunting down stormtroopers in an almost survivor horror setting i can do that which is awesome by the right. way i got a really solid sort of action adventure souls like metroidvania type game in uh, fallen order uh i've got my flight sim now which i'm hoping is super successful so we get a squadrons two at some point and if they do that then what i'd like to see them do is take sort of the battlefront two route like you remember the original battlefront that came out in 2015 not the right original original it was all original trilogy based it was. and then when battlefront two came out they added sequel trilogy and prequel trilogy I'd yeah. like to see them do that with Squadrons too. Ooh, that would be neat. Right? Like we could get Jedi Starfighters and Naboo in one Naboo Starfighters and <clears throat> all the different droid ships and clone ships. And there's a lot of cool shit they could add. So I'd like to see that. Um, we just need that RPG. That's the one pillar of Star Wars gaming that I'm really hoping for that they haven't hit yet so i hope they do 
in like Knights of the Old Republic, that's not even open world, is it? Um, semi open world, you know, like like linear open world. Yeah, like I would say the the MMO, the Old Republic, is much more open world. Oh, yeah. But even oh, yeah. that is more restricted than you know your an open world in the classic sense of the word. You know, it's got some fairly linear linear elements to it too. Um, and it can be done and there's, there's a way to do it and make a really kick-ass game. So I hope they, they do go for that. Um, I guess we'll see. I have a feeling that, you know, I would not be surprised if there's another star Wars game next year, you know? Really? Yeah. I mean, we got two in in a row. We got Jedi fallen order last year, squadrons this year. That license, uh, it runs out eventually. I think it's 2023 that it runs out. So I don't know if it'll be the sequel to Fallen Order next year or if it'll be, you know, even potentially another smaller quote-unquote game like Squadrons. But do not be surprised if next fall there's another Star Wars video game of some sort. Because it, it sort of took them a while to get the ball rolling with this star wars license and ea and they've canceled so many projects i figure they're going to want to make up for lost time at some point <coughs> you know that is yeah. if the fucking current state of the world hasn't thrown any fucking wrenches in their plans you know that's very true <laughs> so um as of the day this is released we are three weeks away from the premiere of the mandalorian season two only 21 days, actually 20, oh, my lucky number, 23 days from today when we're recording this. And uh, the promotion for a uh, arm of Disney Plus had a little bit of a slip up this week, Will. Yeah. Disney Plus in Denmark. Okay. Uh, they let something slip. I'm going to let you hear this, um, play this for our listeners, and you tell me what you think. Did you hear that? So, <clears throat> I'll read you the subtitles, because I don't yeah. speak Dutch. Um, oh, well, the, the subtitles aren't in English. Okay. Uh, basically... It confirmed Rosario Dawson and Tim- Timothy Oliphant for season two of The Mandalorian. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey oh. I. At this point, there wasn't much to doubt. You know. Right. It seemed like it was a it was a sure thing, but to hear it from an official source, that's it's the first time we have heard it from an official source. Right. So, Timothy Oliphant and. Rosario Dawson are, I think, pretty much 100% confirmed. And I would assume that 100% confirms Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka and probably Timothy Oliphant as Cobb Vanth. Probably. I'm really hoping, Will. I'm really hoping that, like, that Hollywood Reporter story where they broke that... Um. Boba Fett was going to be in the show and that Tamora Morrison was doing his voice. I hope that wasn't crossed wires. 
I hope that wasn't somebody seeing Timothy Oliphant and and on set in the Boba Fett armor. And, and then saying pass- Boba Fett's in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that would... Uh, I'd be pretty bummed. <laughs> I know you would. I would, of course, have to, you know, wait until it actually happens to see how I feel about it. But yeah, <laughs> initial thoughts, not not the greatest. I know you don't like the guy. I don't. I think he's an experience. He he's an ex, he's experienced at playing gunslingers. So I think that could be pretty cool. In the Star Wars world. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I know, man. He's just shouldn't have been a dick to Kevin Smith. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. that's where... Neither should Bruce Willis have been, by the way. Yeah, but it's not like I was... It, well, for one, it's not like Bruce Willis is going to be in season two of The Mandalorian wearing Boba Fett's armor. Possibly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Strike one. Strike one. And it's also not like I was... Um, it's not like Bruce Willis is doing a whole lot that I'm interested in it. <laughs> anyway, lately. It was the last thing you saw Bruce Willis do. Whew. I know he did the remake of Death Wish. I didn't see it, but uh, that's the first thing that springs to my mind. As most recent. <clears throat> the old Charles Bronson. Oh, no. okay. No, you're not. No, I know what you're talking about not now. Familiar with Death Wish. I just didn't realize he did a remake of that. Yeah, there was a recent remake of that. Um, in some other Mandalorian news, it looks like we have the list of writers for the eight right. episodes this season. Okay. Uh, not a lot of variety, but season or episodes one, two, three, and four written by John Favreau. Season five written by Dave Filoni, and episodes six. Written by John Fam- uh, John Favreau, episode seven. Rickard, written by Rick Famuyiwa, and episode eight, written by John Favreau. So you know, it, it seems like it's uh, staying the course for a lot of season one. You know, John yep. Favreau was the primary primary writer on the series. Um, I see. I gotta a lot tell of- you, if it ain't broke. You don't fix it. Right. And I see a lot of people uh, speculating that with Dave Filoni writing episode five, that uh, that could be possibly be the episode that Ahsoka turns up in. And I think that is uh, as accurate a guess as any. It makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, me too. You, you know, like... Uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that the episode that <clears throat> Dave Filoni is writing and presumably directing that episode would be the one that brings Ahsoka in. Yeah, of course. <coughs> Talk about the person who knows her story the best. Yeah, and and would you know that would be most likely to be in charge of ushering her into um, live action for the first time. All righty. So I think that does it for news and stuff. You want to jump into voicemails and emails? I do. Let's do it. Cockhead, the only Jedi master who can crash box. Cockhead, running around slaying. 
instead. He loves to split chicks with his bud. Kitty Cockhead! To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty Cockhead! What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead! First up, we got a voicemail from Ian Gallagher. Let's hear what they have to say. Ian here, long time emailer, first time caller, and just wanted to get both of your opinions on gameplay for our new Star Wars Squadrons game. I'm having a lot of fun, um, but it's a little bit difficult. I have an Xbox and turning with uh turning and speed both being on the left joystick it's been uh a little bit harder than i anticipated um gameplay that is and Hans, you have some kind of doohickey that allows for more in-depth flight simulation experience and just wanted to know if you felt that made things easier or if you know someone who's never used it before that would actually make things harder um or you know make things more difficult um but yeah that's so that's it and i don't know maybe i'm just dumb and need to mess around with some of the settings but hope you've had a great week and uh continue to stay safe all right thanks oh i definitely wouldn't say you're dumb that that's not the case no um i don't know if this helps you but the, the turning is on the right stick the left stick is throttle and uh, like spin, like bitch. Right. That's probably what they meant. Um, this is what I would say. I think you can change that in the settings. I think you can switch oh, yeah. those settings on the, the sticks. I've actually seen a few folks talking about how they had to change that and it helped them a lot. So I would say your first course of action is to go in there and give that a try. Um, and see if that helps you out. And, and, you know, honestly, it's going to be a matter of playing some campaign because the campaign does a really good job of easing you into the different systems and teaching you like, you know, different uh, maneuvers and strategies and things like that. <clears throat> and then secondly, yeah, like we were saying earlier, mess around with your loadout, figure out a loadout that works for you and your play style. And I think that's really all it's going to take. Um, now the flight stick. The flight stick is a whole nother beast because everything, all your movement on the flight stick is on the stick itself, you know, up and down side to side and spinning is all controlled in the joystick. And then your throttle stick just handles throttle. Uh, I haven't gotten to mess around with the flight stick and squadrons a whole lot, just a little bit. And that's mainly because with the flight stick I got, I found one minor flaw, but a flaw that has made it impossible for me to play with other people and use the flight stick at the same time. And that's just 
it's only because of my current setup, but there's no headphone jack on the flight stick. So if I'm using the flight stick, I can't use the headset I have. Interesting. You know what I mean? And that's pretty crucial when you're playing with other people is being able to communicate and stuff. Absolutely it is. But I have a a headset that I pre-ordered that should ship any day now, hopefully. And and it's wireless. So when it comes in, I should be able to play with other people and communicate at the same time. And that'll fix any issues with like that. But the flight stick adds just another level of immersion and control. And they're hard to find right now. I feel like between the new Microsoft Flight Simulator and uh, Star Wars Squadrons, people bought up flight sticks. So you may have trouble finding one and getting your hands on one. But if you can, man, does it make the experience cool. Uh, It feels like you're flying a fucking starship. It's really cool. Um, And there's a variety of them out there. I don't know. Um, they mentioned they were playing on Xbox. I don't know that there's more than one different type for the Xbox. There may only be one option. But for people that are on PC, uh, there's a load of options for flight sticks. <coughs> this game also takes the VR headset, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten to mess around no, with I that think, yet. I think that would be amazingly immersive, You know, being able to use the VR headset in the cockpit. With a flight stick. Dude, I, I'm i going to get that going. I'm going to get my, my Quest linked up to my PC and play Squadrons on the PC with the flight stick and the, the Quest. But I'm almost a little scared of it because I don't know that I'll ever come out. <laughs> it's like the Matrix. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I'm going to, though. Like, I can't. I can't not give that a shot like they did a sort of tie-in vr experience on the playstation vr for rogue one and when it came out and it was short but very cool and i just imagine that squadrons is that sort of times 10 and that's gonna be something else but i will be doing it i will be giving it a shot sometime But I'm a little hesitant. Um, And another thing, Ian, that I would say. um, Really work on the power management of the game. You know. um, Figure out when you need to pump all your power in your shields. Or your engines or your weapons. Or when you need to have your power balanced. And getting that down and, and getting good at switching between those makes a huge difference. Wouldn't you say, Will? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Knowing when you should switch between your different power allotments really helps with longevity of your life and your effectiveness in a dogfight and and your ability to accomplish the mission tasks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But knowing when to flip your shields, you know, either all forward or all back, mm-hmm. and then being to hit that X button real quick and rebalance them when you go back into something else. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what I like to do <clears throat> in the TIE Fighters? I like to hit the X and put my power to engines to give my engines the boost mm-hmm. and then reroute power to my weapons. So I don't lose a lot of 
maneuverability and speed because I have the extra boost to engines and I have the extra damage to my bla my lasers. Like that's like as soon as I load into a match as Imperials, that's what I do. Nice. Boost yeah, because the there's no shields on a TIE fighter. <clears throat> yeah, I think the only one that has them is the Reaper, right? Uh, maybe. Um, But yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, like as, as trite and corny as it may sound, just stick with it. You'll get the hang of it. You know, it's it's just a matter of putting in the time and practicing and not getting um, like sort of bummed out about it. Because I'll, I'll be honest, Saturday when we were playing and I was streaming and doing terrible, mm -hmm. like I was pretty bummed after I got off that night. I was like, I, I couldn't oh, put man. anything together. Feeling demoralized. I'm no ace I hate pilot. That you feel like that. <laughs> but, you know, stuck with it. Got up Sunday, played a little more, and I did fine. So, and now, you know, not to brag, but I'm not half bad at it now. <clears throat> All right. Next up, we have a voicemail from Dave. Dave says, Hey, Halls and Will, longtime listener, first time emailer. I know halls that you are quite the collector and of not just star wars property i was wondering and this question could be for will as well if you were magically granted the money to start up your own collectible or action figure company what licenses would you pr pursue to make figures from it could be anything <laughs> But, I was going to say, is this any figures or just Star Wars for you? It, it could be anything, uh, but I'm mainly looking for figures not related to Star Wars. Your friend, Dave. Oh. Hmm. Okay. This, is, this brings up a good uh, blood sport, man. Bloodsport figures. Anytime you can slip Jean-Claude Van Damme in there, you're going to. Well, you know what? I won't even say Bloodsport. You bring you bring up a good point. I want the master Jean-Claude Van Damme license. And of course, we start with Bloodsport. So you get a Frank Dukes, right? You get a Jackson. You get a Chong Lee. You get any of the fighters. And then Guile if that's from Street Fighter. Well, see, I think that would be a double license. I think we need the Jean-Claude Van Damme license and the street fighter license and there's already companies out there that make incredible street fighter collectibles dude i want to row julia m bison that would be sick it would um so after the blood sport wave next wave kickboxer wave after that universal soldier lion heart uh hard target hard target so, oh man, hard target with the mullet. With the mullet. Mullet yes, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wilford Brimley. <laughs> Wilford cool. Brimley. Yep. Um, I would uh another license I would go after, Highlander. Although I think there's a company that's currently in the process of making some Highlander toys, but we'll just Highlander. ignore that. If you really want to make money, the eighties taught me that you need to have a show about your toys, right? Like well, you, know. you, you either need that or you need the nostalgia effect. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you need something that people are going to see and be like, oh, shit, that's cool. Like, and I think Highlander would, would hit with some people. That's what, that's what I was about to say. I wish I could reissue animation with these toy lines. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I feel like that would be 
in the money. Like a Highlander, if you did a Highlander show and a, a line of Highlander toys, awesome. Um, yeah, that's a that's it couldn't be for kids, you know. Beheading is. <coughs> you know there was Sunday morning fair, dude. Do you know there was a Highlander cartoon, right? Oh, I did not know that on USA. There was a Highlander animated show, and somebody you know who has, you know, a beard, his legs don't work that great, he's a big fan of Highlander, has the entire line of toys from the anime show. Oh my goodness. Somebody made an inebriated eBay purchase one time. There wasn't a lot. It was a good decision at the time. It did, and boy, was I like, wow, these are neat, but not that neat. Um, He-Man, Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joes. Yeah, see, all those still are around, though, you know? Is G.I. Joe still around? I didn't even think they made G.I. Joe. Dude, next time when all this corona shit is over and you come uh, come over here, you just wait until I show you this badass Snake Eyes that I got. That's a new Snake Eyes figure. Oh, nice. It's fucking cool. Um. Yeah, G.I. Joe was in the sort of in the midst of a renaissance. Like, that's why I was trying to think of things that haven't already gotten. Okay, all right. Toxic Avengers. Okay. Uh, Street Sharks. Oh, Street Sharks. See, now Street Sharks, that could be something that gets a uh, a reboot in toy form that I think there would be a crowd that would be into. That'd be cool, right? Right. Uh, Samurai Pizza Cats. Samurai Pizza Cats. No way. Fuck yeah, man. Fuck yeah, Samurai Pizza Cats. You're taking it way back for me right now. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Like, I would... I would fucking destroy designing a Big Trouble in Little China figure line. Yeah. And there would be a vehicle, and it would be the Pork Chop Express. And it would be incredible. Dude, that would be great. Um, and my last one, uh, it is a line of toys that I was a huge fan of as a kid that is, I would say slightly obscure now, but I just thought it was the coolest thing. And it was Starcom. Do you remember Starcom? Is this, uh, I'm about to say something, but it's probably not the same thing. Tell me what Starcom is. Starcom were little two-inch sci-fi figures. So the good guys all looked like Space Commando astronauts. Yeah. And they had like visors that went up and down on their helmets. And they came with like little ray guns. Tiny little figures. But they had magnets in their feet. Oh, interesting. And then all the vehicles had sort of play features that tied in with those magnets. So there would be like a space station and you could put your little figures around there and there'd be little metal portions in the space station where they, they could stand. stand and they That's had really like cool. space shuttles that had like wind up features where you could wind it up and then launch an escape pod out the back. And, you know, a really cool sort of 80s toy line that I loved right. as a kid. I didn't have a ton of them. I probably had like four or five of the little figures in one vehicle. But yeah man were they cool i would do a full <clears throat> re-release of starcom oh I mean, talking about usa has just sparked this memory there was an animated show called like exo squad or something yes and the toys were freaking awesome yes and like it was like, not an adult show but it was like a it's an older cartoon like 
these exosuits like jacked into the back of these people's skulls, like matrix style, like, yeah. And, and the toys did that too. So like you put the little thing in the base of the skull of the toy when you had, they, they had the exosuit and the pilots that went in them and they were super intricate. Those exosuits were like, I yeah. just remember. And like the toys were like GI Joe size and, uh, yeah. they were awesome. That, yeah. And the, I remember the show being awesome. Early nineties. I'd say that show hit. Yeah. Early nineties, USA animation mm-hmm. exo squad. Really cool. And you're right. The toys were very cool. I never had one, but I was so jealous of them. I, yeah. There's nothing cooler than a, a toy that can fit inside a vehicle when you're a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then for it to be like a mech, yeah. like an exosuit mech style, yeah. exosuit mech style thing, real cool. <clears throat> All right. Next up, we got an email from, I don't know who this lady is, Jesse McGarity. Not her, not quite Uh-oh. sure who this is. But man, she, uh, I like this profile picture from her email. I'm going to have to hit her up. It says, Would you rather live a long and happy life in the Star Wars universe, but as a complete side character, never seeing any action, or die an honorable yet very early death fighting the dark side? And happy early anniversary to us, Halls. Sunday will mark nine amazing years. I'm extremely lucky and thankful you put up for me for this long. Love you. I totally forgot. Oh, that's sweet. Dude, I forgot that it's our anniversary on Sunday. Well, now you have a <laughs> reminder so you don't have to say that you forgot. No, I, I did not forget. <clears throat> we, are, um, we are going to do our best to celebrate an anniversary during a pandemic. So we're going to go to like the drive-in movies and stuff. Nice. Try to put together some sort of special celebration as well as we can. What do you think, Will? Long, uneventful life in the happy, long, uneventful life in the Star Wars universe, or short, honorable death fighting the dark side? I mean, if I just wanted to enjoy the the future and the galaxy, I would choose the long, uneventful life. But knowing myself deep on the inside, I would I would go for the the brief life in service of the light side. <clears throat> yeah, see, that's what I say. Like, I know that I should take the long, uneventful life to soak it in, but then I'm subjugated by the Empire the entire time, right? Like, and I know that all depends on where, but I, I think that's the assumption. Like, yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. Do I exist and assume that the dark side just won't bother me or the people I love, or do I? I would I would take it. I would take it to the dark side. <gasps> Somebody Jesse, got the dark side over there. Some Jesse just scared me. I didn't react as powerfully as I normally do. It was a it was a tiny ooh. There's a whoo. Um oh dude, when Steele and I were recording a uh, year by podcast last week, Jesse had to leave to go take a test for her school. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was reading out of the book, talking to steel and I didn't realize she had pulled up in the driveway and was coming in the house and she scared me and steel got it on camera. So not just audio of me getting scared. He got the actual 
video of my reaction. Oh, that's got to make you feel good. Yeah, it makes me feel like real tough guy. Hey there, tough guy. Um, so, I see the appeal of living the uh, quote-unquote like uneventful happy life in the Star Wars universe. It's it's an advanced civilization, so depending on where you're living, you know, quality of life could be at least okay. Even if you're just a moisture farmer on Tatooine, like, it didn't seem like Owen and Baru had that bad of a life. That seems pretty appealing. But man. Except the way it ended. That's not uneventful. Okay. Maybe not the best example, right? <laughs> Maybe not the best example. <laughs> Burned in the desert by stormtroopers is not an uneventful sweet life. No. No. Neither is the way Jen Erso's parents went out. No, it is not. Um, but I think much Watto, like... Watto, the only man, I don't know if you can call that honest business, or Dax. Yeah, you like being Dax in the diner? That ain't half bad. Now, Watto, I mean, I don't want to be Watto. Watto's a dick. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Like, he's, oh, he no. owns fucking slaves. Like, he don't help nobody out. Like, nah, I don't want to be Watto. That's a bad one. I'd rather be Owen and Baru Lars, like, farming water, and next thing I know, a bunch of stormtroopers are like, where are those droids? Pew, pew! Then be Watto, you know? At least Owen and Baru seem like decent people. <laughs> um, but yeah, the appeal of fighting the dark side. I'd like to say that I would go with that, but I don't know, man. I think Jesse liked this question because she knows it plays on my fucking cowardice, my, <laughs> my cowardice and my fear of death. She's like, Hey, you can live in star Wars, but you might die early. Mr. Hero, man, you're going to be a hero. Well, you're dead. You know what I mean? Like, she knows what she's doing here. She's she's what, giving what, me. I'm curious to what she would take. What what route she would take? She'd probably be on like, and I, I don't mean this as an offense, but she'd probably be on the dark side. Oh, because she likes the she'd dark be and who spooky. I had to fight. No, no, not necessarily. I don't mean like. I don't mean she would be part of the empire. And I don't necessarily think she would be like. This is backpedaling. This a is Sith. One hundred percent backpedaling. But I could see her being like a um, a Dotha Mary witch. <laughs> she likes <laughs> witches and spooky stuff. You know what I mean? The spooky force. Wearing like a red red dress, doing spooky green magic. And then meanwhile, I'm like, hey, I farm water. And she's like, oh, doing spells and shit. That's my my impression of doing a spell in Star Wars. So that's what I mean by on the dark side. I don't see her being like on the Empire. In fact, she would be definitely against the Empire. But I feel like the Rebellion isn't spooky enough for her. So like a... A witch on Dothamir, or that honestly kind of seems like the best fit. I, she's a smuggler. Oh, uh, a smuggler. Just, she'd be Han Solo. Yeah, in that's that's more shipments. Yeah, that's more. You're right. That's more Jesse, where she's not getting entangled with 
she's, you know, imperial she, entanglement. She's working against the man, the empire. Um, you know, not she, necessarily by anybody's rules, but her own. Exactly. She's not like she's not also not jumping to sign up for the rebellion. But hey, if the rebellion needs some uh, weapons smuggled, like yeah, put them on her. And bro, she'd be driving a car like the Millennium Falcon sometimes too. So. Like me, I am like uh, Jesse and I are the tortoise and the hare. Like when I drive, slow, steady, slow and steady wins the race. Jesse is like, we got to go fast. You want you want us to you want to get there fast? Or you want to get there slow? Right, and, and you you know me, I'm a nervous passenger in a car. Oh yeah, because I have reoccurring dreams about dying in car crashes. So like when I'm driving. Like I, my goal is to get somewhere safely so that dream doesn't come true. So I'm a nervous rider in a car and it took Jesse a little while when we first started dating to realize that it wasn't my nervousness when she was driving, wasn't a anything against her driving. I'm like that with anybody. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. <clears throat> it's if anybody besides me is driving, I'm a little nervous. Fucking death trap those cars. They can be if you're not careful. She would either be a smuggler or she would be like a racer in resistance. She'd be like um Toradoza. One of the aces. Yeah. All right. We got one more email for the evening and then we'll wrap it up. And this one is from Eric Strathers. Dear Halls and Will. I don't need anything. I only wanted to tell you that the show is awesome and you two rule. Blue Harvest is a highlight to my week. Will, I would love to have you on the Bad Motivators when you have the time. Best, Eric. P.S. Let's play some Squadron soon. We'll definitely play some Squadron soon. Just Absolutely. Text me when you see me on. That's all it takes. Um, and Will, I finally remembered to pass that message on to you about being on the bad motivator so you did you did you'll have to hit eric up sometime when uh when you think you're gonna have the uh the time i would love to do that and i would love to be on that podcast i know my my time is hard to juggle but i i i think i could make make some time because i would love to be on that podcast yeah i'm sure they would well obviously they would love to have you um i think that's gonna do it for us buddy right on uh thanks for uh figuring out the schedule and making some time for me this week oh man thanks for you know responding so quickly and jumping on this one um i could have tried to squeeze it in another night but this one just worked the best yeah and like i told you last week like throughout the week i'm fairly uh open you know like yeah it just, especially if I have enough heads heads up, like there's a couple right. of nights that might not work as well. And then for those eight weeks that the Mandalorian is on, we'll be recording on Fridays. Oh, Fridays, right. But other than that, like I can be as flexible as you need me to, buddy. And that's the way I like <laughs> you. Mm. Uh, if you guys haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps out, helps other people find us. Other people that like Star Wars and like podcasts helps them find our little Star Wars podcast. Now, whether they'll end up liking us, if they'll be part of the, you know, fill out that Venn diagram, it remains to be seen. But 
at least give us a shot. Uh, and that's uh, all we can ask. If you like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. They're and really that's quality music. It is. I mean, I don't. I don't. If, if any of you you hear us plug Stone Cobra all the time, uh, they're just a kick-ass band, and we are lucky that they like us enough to allow us to use their music because they are kick-ass. Yeah, man. Um, and uh, that'll do it. Next week will be only two weeks away from the premiere of The Mandalorian. Fucking no crazy. Bully. So until then, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us.